And welcome to another episode of the What's Good Games podcast, your source for video game news, commentary, analysis, and funny stuff every Friday. I'm your host, Brittany Brombacher, alongside the beautiful, sexy, Harry Potter-looking Christine Simer. Oh my god. Thank you for that lovely introduction. Is Harry Potter a compliment? I mean, I think so. You make Harry Potter look good. Okay, thanks. I was like, wait. I mean, I guess Daniel Radcliffe's pretty cute. I mean, you're cute. Those glasses are adorable on you. Oh, I am thanks. a big fan. They're not hey. new, are they? Relatively. Uh, I good. mean, they're like a year old. Well, they aged well, just like you, like a fine cheese, like a fine. Mm-hmm. Every time we shoot the show together, I'm always just dumping all these well-deserved compliments on you because I love you, Simer. I'm also very tired, so the compliments are very welcome. I'm yes. Like, oh, yes. Feed me. <laughs> feed my soul. I will feed you with all the good and warm and fuzzies. Yeah, Simon and I were talking. As you know, ladies and gentlemen, I'm just coming down from being sick. And Simon was in Vegas all last week doing business. So we're both a little too tired sloths. Yes, but five days is too long to be in Vegas. Oh, my God. I feel like two days is the sweet spot. Two and a half days. Yeah. If But I didn't pick the dates. It was work. I had to go. The event would run until like at least midnight so i never really ate dinner i just would go to bed Jeez. so i am run down well, and i certainly missed you last sleep. week certainly yeah. missed the little the little salt sprinkles um as you can tell miss andrea renee is not here this week we are getting our studio legit finalized she's been sending us photos of her text messages and man oh man it's looking real good they're i think they call it the staging process where they're actually bringing now the set into the studio space and it's coming along nicely pretty soon fairy dust will be sprinkled on it and it will be a real boy oh i know we have a real studio Steimer. we did it yeah we did the thing so we are recording also this show a little early this week because the game awards are on thursday and andrea and Steimer will be there i will not i will be on an airplane going to turks and caicos I mean, where? I know. It's so, so terrible. I am bummed I'm missing the award show, though. It's the first one I've missed, and I'm kind of upset about it. But at least I got my Resident Evil 3 reveal. At oh, least you get to so miss home. it for Turks and Caicos, because last year I missed it for Vegas again for the same work event. <laughs> oh, yeah. I forgot it. Not a not a place you want to go. <laughs> no. I feel like the older you get, like the less your tolerance for Vegas goes. You know what I mean? It's just, yes. I don't got time for that. I don't want to do it. Yeah. yeah. So you'll have to stay tuned to next week's episode, which will be a, what do they, what do we call shows with just you two? I don't think we've, we haven't found a good synergy name yet. Mm. It's like, no, we don't have anything. Steindria is just not great. I don't know. And Strymer. (laughs) And Strymer. That sounds like a a meat, like a German meat. Yeah. And Strymer, please. Can I have the and And Strymer? And Strymer. So yeah, any exciting news and reveals that happen, you'll hear about them next week. 
And speaking of next week, Andrea is going to have a special segment for us in the third segment. She's chatting with some of the Don't Nod team in L.A. to talk about Life is Strange, episode two. Um Episode, episode two? Episode two, no. Life is Strange 2, episode five. There we go. I was like, that doesn't seem right. I was like, hold on. Because <laughs> I was about to say Life is Strange 2, episode five. And I was like, no, no, no. That's very wrong. So Life is Strange 2, episode... Wait. Yeah, you said it correctly that last time. I meant to say Life is Strange 2, episode... Life is Strange, episode two of episode... I don't know what's okay, happening. Okay, it's fine. It's we know, it's we all understand no, of what's happening. No, see, I don't know. And now my, it my is brain... The Life is Strange dose... My brain is the scrambled spaghetti. Episode. Yeah, she's talking to some don't nod folks about it, and so it'll be good. I'm sure it's going to be great. Great, I, great. I think that's it for housekeeping. Also, just FYI, our streams are going to be Sunday, December 29th. So if you're one of our very fabulous patrons, very last weekend. Mm, yeah, and we're going to be unveiling the new studio. It's going to be lovely and amazing. It's a Christmas present to, to us. Us and you and everybody else. It's a present. Doesn't everybody love a good studio? <laughs> I think so. I'm so I was I'm so excited for this show this week because I know it's just going to be. I think we say this every time. It's just you and I. A little bit of a shit show. I mean, both, I think especially today. <laughs> especially today, it's going to be great. There are no fucks to give today. All right, let's move on to our new podcast reviewers who have left us amazing reviews about this podcast that you're listening to. Great con. Six, Brandon L, Bry Guy929, Mlef, Rosie River to Dinosaur, Rah! Girls Game, Willis Prime, and the Hikatia, Hikatia, yeah, Hikatia. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, so thank you again to all of you who have left us reviews on iTunes or wherever it is that you listen to our show. We love reading them and, you know, it helps us out. Helps us with that good old SEO in the ranking shenaniganry that, you know, we have to care about because it's kind of important. And thank you to this month's Patreon producers, Alex Rogopoulos, Ferris Atay, Mohammed Mohammed, and Marcus Brown. And welcome to our Patreon community, Chelsea May, David Stanzik. Sure, that sounds likely. Mike Clancy, Dave Olson, Sean J. Curran, and Chris Johnson. Again, if it weren't for all of the support we get from patreon.com slash what's good games, we would not be here. Likely we'd probably be, what would we be doing, Simon? I mean, I'd be eating dinner. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably what I would be doing. Yeah, I would probably be doing the same thing. But legit, <laughs> without your support, we would not be able to unveil this new studio we have coming up and just some really exciting things. Thanks to all of our support. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, righty, tidy, McFighty. Let's get into the news. But before we do that, we have a special message to you from our sponsor, Logitech. Steimer. Uh-huh. The G915 is the most advanced gaming keyboard ever made. Ooh. The Logitech G has combined sophisticated design, cutting-edge technologies, and breakthrough engineering to bring you... Yes, you. The ultimate wireless gaming keyboard. It's a new class of mechanical gaming keyboard featuring breakthrough light speed wireless technology. With a super fast one millisecond report rate, light speed wireless makes issues like lag time a thing of the past. And G915 is engineered with LightSync, Logitech G's amazing next gen RGB lighting. With LightSync, you can customize the lighting colors of any or every key and even synchronize your keyboard lighting to match the action in your games, music, and videos. I think this is cool. I think what I would do is if I was healing, I would make my whole keyboard turn green. Ooh. 
Fancy. Isn't that fancy? Yeah. Uh huh. And if you're getting the shit kicked out of you, have it turn all red. It's like red. It just flashes red. (laughs) It's like, hello, you are being hit right now. uh, Hello, please stop doing what you're dodge. Just get out of the way. (laughs) And then have the the dodge key highlight. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. It's like dummy hit me. Hello. love it the g915 features high performance mechanical gaming switches the low profile switches give you supreme gaming speed and accuracy at half the height of traditional switches that means smoother more comfortable key presses from your opening attack to victory now simer i know you have a thing also for mechanical switches i do yeah i haven't i haven't actually well i can't remember if i played with these at andrea's house or not yet but the half size is intriguing to me because obviously like that means it's a faster actuation so you don't have to like push as hard or as long which is Mm -hmm. what she said Mm -hmm. um but yeah so uh, i always i love hearing about all sorts of different types of switches and i want to get my little paws on these Mm. well you can expect premium quality inside and out incredibly thin beautiful aluminum alloy top plates or ultra durable keys refined media controls and customizable g keys so you simer can execute complex actions with a single keystroke the rechargeable battery powers you through even the longest gaming sessions with 30 hours of non-stop battery life with a quick three-hour charge and just to reiterate what andrea says every week please do not game for 30 hours straight it is not good for you Correct. You care might about get you. a blood clot. Go it for would a not walk. Be, yeah, just move. Do some stretches. It, it'll be good for you. And also shout out to Logitech for sending us some fancy new gear for our studio. They sent us the G915 keyboards, so those pro headsets that we talk about on the show as well, wireless charging pads, mice. They, we got the hookup. And we're going to be giving some extras away on our Twitter account, what's good underscore games, underscore games. So you should follow us and just say hi from time to time anyway. So, for a limited time, Logitech G is offering our listeners 10% off any of their products at LogitechG.com. Use code What's Good for 10% off today. That's 10% off all Logitech G products if you purchase from LogitechG.com with code What's Good. Simer. Yeah. So I had an exciting day. You had basically a stroke this morning. I did. I kind of, here's the thing is, I've been sick, so I'm not sleeping great. But you knew, I, you knew, you know, I'm going to get up at 5:30 in the morning for this PlayStation State of Play that we got today. Problem is, lack of sleep. Resident Evil equals one crazy Brit, crazier than normal. I was in rare form this morning, so sure. it was funny mm-hmm. to me. So I didn't realize it was at 5:30. Um, it was at six, but I had to get up at 5:30. Oh, I see, I see. Well, yeah. Yeah. my my trainer moved my workout from 6:30 to six, so I missed it until I got. <laughs> out at seven and then i looked at my twitter and i was like oh jesus <laughs> Brittany!" <laughs> i know i it's funny people were sending me just screenshots of their twitter feed and it's just all my gibberish taking up their entire feed and thank you to all of you who put up with me in my excitable moments they you know they don't happen that often like That's- that Oh, come on. Oh, I mean, yeah, I get, okay. To that extreme, sure. I'll give you that. To that extreme. But I think you are was, very excitable in general. Oh, oh, I know. I was in, again, like a rare form. So obviously we're going to cover Resident Evil 3 first, and then we have a recap of State of Play to follow. Yes, I will read the Resident Evil so that you may do what you did this morning and oh, just God. smash your head <laughs> against the keyboard. <laughs> Yes, let's do it. Okay. Resident Evil 3 sees daylight on April 3rd, 2020. (laughs) 
just announced moments ago well not really anymore but you know yeah. earlier yeah. this week at playstation state of play resident evil 3 is coming to playstation 4 xbox one and steam on april 3rd 2020 taking a trip back to raccoon city won't be a walk in the park of course the city is in the throes of an outbreak with the shuffling undead wandering the streets and the urban jungle becoming a tangle of overturned cars and crumbling buildings picturesque isn't it mm. who wrote this <laughs> oh this oh so this worth is noting press release no, it, it's, no i mean kind of it came from capcom's blog so this is okay. like their official okay. thing yeah i was like this is really overly dramatic i feel like a regular press person oh, wouldn't write God. this this makes no, sense okay right. yes, this is from the capcom blog okay great <laughs> it's against this backdrop that jill valentine prepares to make her escape although there's a bit of a twist in the timeline for those of you who aren't familiar with the original if you played resident evil 2 earlier this year you may know that leon and claire arrived in the city on september 29th jill's story however starts a few days earlier as an accomplished member of stars and a survivor stars. of the incident in the arclay mountains the uh site of the original resident evil jill has some experience with the horrors that await just like the remake of Resident Evil 2 earlier this year, you're in for a new viewpoint as you explore Raccoon City with an over-the-shoulder camera placing you right in the thick of the action as you navigate abandoned streets and iconic <gasps> locations. <laughs> if you thought Tyrant, a.k.a. Mr. X, was terrifying, you're in for a whole new level of terror when Nemesis comes to town. Made with one purpose in mind, Nemesis will stop at nothing to eliminate every last member of the star's team. And that means eliminating Jill before she can escape. Oops. More intelligent and perhaps more vicious than Tyrant, Nemesis can arm himself with weapons like the iconic rocket launcher or simply crush whatever stands between it and its mission. As if that isn't enough, Jill will have to contend with the Umbrella Biohazard Countermeasure Service, or UBCS, a private military force run by the very company that sparked the outbreak. Despite seeming to be walled in from all sides, there are still some friendly spaces scattered throughout the city. Carlos Oliveira, a member of the UBCS, is doing his best to assist any survivor he finds, and that includes Jill. Together, both Jill and Carlos will need to navigate a deadly cityscape if they hope to make it out alive. In true survival horror fashion, you need to watch your health, take careful stock of the ammo and items you use, and manage your inventory carefully if you want to make it out in one piece. As with Resident Evil 7, Biohazard, Resident Evil 2, and Devil May Cry 5, the RE engine is being utilized to, to bring incredibly lifelike performances to the game. Actors, clothing, and even various <laughs> items in the environment are captured using... What the fuck? <laughs> photometry. <laughs> photometry? Photometry. Photometry. Yeah. I don't know. Photogrammetry. Fuck this it. This is a word that looks stupid. That's yeah, all I'm going to say. It really doesn't look right. <laughs> to bring the world of Resident Evil to life right down to the last detail. North American players will also be able to purchase a special Resident Evil 3 Collector's Edition available exclusively at GameStop. Oh. The package contains a physical copy of Resident Evil 3, a high quality. I like how they had to say it was high quality. I mean. I want them to say a low quality. Just low come on. quality. Lo-fi. Jill Valentine figure. Similar to the Leon one figure. Graphics. Yeah. From uh, Resident <laughs> Evil 2, a hardcover art book, a double-sided poster featuring a map of Raccoon City, and a digital Resident Evil 3 soundtrack. All standard and collector's edition pre-orders of Resident Evil 3 will also receive an exclusive classic costume pack that features Jill Valentine's original outfit as well as Carlos Oliveira's original hairstyle. Perfect if you want to get into the, all that 90s vibe as you play. Oh. Did you pre-order already? I oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I've been F5-ing GameStop website. I was doing it all day, and they finally went live. I pre-ordered it before the image like, even loaded. 
It was just Resident Evil 3 Collector's Edition image not available, but still available to pre-order. I'm like, I'm doing it. And you were like, take my money. Take my money. Just take um, it. Uh, so <laughs> I'm fully prepared, Simer, to just talk. Feel free to take a nap. Oh my God. Bless you, sweet summer <laughs> child. <laughs> Feel free to just gaze off and do, do some oh work if you have God. to. Cause I'm, Oh yeah. I forgot to send a calendar invite to this person. That's fine. Okay. Yeah. I'll just, I'll just start talking. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously this thing happened. I think we all knew it was coming. We didn't know exactly when it was. If you were to believe the rumors, this is when the rumors had predicted it was going to happen. But of course, sometimes people get things wrong. Blah, blah, blah. So when State of Play started and you hear that little item menu sound that you hear from all that's the iconic Resident Evil um, menu, little ding, that's not at all what it sounds like. That's terrible. But you get the idea. I said, oh, my God, it's happening. Like, it's actually happening. So we waited. Oh, and of course, what? I actually have a question because I yeah. did watch State of Play and I was it was I was confused by the way that they announced it. Yeah, because they were like, it's the. Take a look at the campaign from the bullshit Resident Evil nobody really wants or likes. <laughs> and then it, and then it like turned into Resident Evil 3 and I was like, I don't understand when that one stopped and this one started. Yeah, so we knew that there was a campaign coming to Resident Evil, or to Project Resistance, and that was relatively new information. I think the assumption was is that that was just going to be you know, something tied into the characters of Project Resistance, you know, or maybe some new character where you have to kind of go through some of the things in the city or whatever, some like spinoff. Uh, but yeah, it turns out that the, the, the campaign for Project Resistance is Resident Evil 3 remake, which is kind of surprising. And at one point when, you know, I was watching the Project Resistance stuff kind of being briefly teased, I tweeted, LOL, LOL, could you imagine if, Resident Evil 3 remake is the actual campaign to resistance and turns out that's exactly what it was. And so I think, I think what they were going for here is because obviously these assets have been ready for, well, we, we'd like to think a while. We'd like to think they weren't putting these together last minute. And I don't think anyone was really expecting this to leak the way it did. So I think it, I think the reveal was a little odd to us because we were fully expecting it. So when they started talking a little bit about product resistance, we weren't expecting that to transition to RE3 because we thought RE3 would just be its own reveal. So I think that's kind of why it seemed a little weird. Um, but I mean, I can't help but think if we weren't expecting this announcement, that would have been such a freaking amazing reveal. Yeah. I, I it's mean, always ugh. a bummer when things get leaked beforehand because people, especially like the developers or even, I know everyone likes to shit on marketing people, but like even they are like, oh, we're, it's going to be cool. We'll do it this way and like it'll all work out. And then like someone yeah. fucks it up and or technology fucks it up. And then you're just like, well, you know, it was a nice idea, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Because I mean, if this hadn't leaked, it just like heads would have been rolling. It would have been crazy to think that we're getting this in less than four months. It's just absolutely insane. So I've gone through and watched the trailer several, several times, frame by frame, because that's kind of what I do. And so I'll just briefly go through it. And this is, again, Simers, where you can just totally nod off, because I'm about to get real nerdy with it. Okay. Okay. So the trailer starts, and it's this digital clock, and it's recounting the events that took place during Resident Evil 2. Obviously, nothing spoilery, but it kind of shows some highlights where if you've played the game, you know what they're showing. They show Ada and Leon. They're showing Claire and Sherry. They're showing the orphanage. They're showing, you know, um, other iconic locations of RE2. And then the clock kind of stops, and then it just quickly rewinds. And the point of that is because, like, this 
blog press release hybrid thing said is that RE3 takes place before and after RE2. And so then that's when it kind of shifts into that first person uh, view. And this is when I was thinking, okay, is this the campaign for Project Resistance? And if so, is it a first person campaign they're making? Because, you know, RE7 is first person. We're going to assume RE8 is also going to be first person. So I wouldn't have been surprised. But it turns out it was just kind of building up to the reveal of actually this is Jill Valentine, which is when the shock and awe moment of, oh, my God. But I knew it was her when... She, you know, there's that explosion and then she's obviously running frantically away from something. And then you kind of see the silhouette or rather half of it of Nemesis and you hear him do that stars thing. But it was a little, it was kind of quiet. It wasn't like as uh, scary or, or as intense as I think it will be going forward. I think, yeah. uh, yeah. So I was like, Oh my God, did he just say stars? And then like, Oh, this is totally RE3. I was slightly confused for a hot second. And then I was like, okay, this is, this was like a whole thing, kind of confusing messaging. But I think at the end of the day, yeah, it was, we a, get it, it right. Was, it was kind of weird. I was like, yeah. wait, what? And then I was like, well, I know it's this, this is RE3 because of the leaks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I think I would have been confused if they hadn't at this point. I would have been like, mm-hmm. wait. Is Resident Evil 3 the campaign for this other game? Right. And then that's confusing in itself. So, yeah, it's kind of a a weird thing. I think it's cool that they're packaging Project Resistance with it. But anyway. Okay. So then, yeah. So then you see Jill and she turns around and I think Carlos is like... Jill, over here! And then you see Jill's beautiful face. I think she looks freaking incredible. She looks really nice. Doesn't she? I think she looks great. Of course, some people aren't super stoked about her appearance, which what? is like not surprised. I know. Why? I, I don't know. I think someone said they just don't like her character model. I had one guy send me like three tweets about her smaller breast size. Oh, like, you know what? Everyone needs to get over it. Jesus Christ. I know. I know. Look, there are boobs all over the internet. Google them. You will be much happier in life. Leave the video game characters alone. It doesn't matter. I know. I think she looks fantastic, and I think she looks like Jill should look. You know, she's a badass um, soldier who, you know, has seen some shit. So I, I like how confident she carries herself, and it's really evident through her um, animations and whatnot. And then it shows our good friend, Mikhail, who is part of UBSC. And he says, the city is completely cut off, isolated. And then it shows a split, uh, a split scene of her running over to some random person who's like, don't look at me that way. I'm not infected. So, oh yeah, I saw that. And I was like, the hell you aren't. I don't know. I would feel like I would kill you just Mm -hmm. to be sure. I know. I'm with you. Yeah. I would, I would be that asshole in the apocalypse. I'd be like, you have a scratch? All right. You're dead. (laughs) Oh yeah. Or like, just stay the hell away from me. Cause once you turn into a zombie, it's going to take you forever to get to me. I'm with you. But you know, Jill, Jill's a good person. And then we see our good friend, Brad Chickenheart Vickers, um, who is one of the remaining members of stars who Nemesis is trying to track down. We get to see him. He got a little bit of a glow up, which is nice to see. Um, it's funny. I was telling Andrea this last week. There's so much I want to say about this because I've played this game multiple times, you know, and I know what's going to happen to these characters, but I, I don't want to spoil anything now because even though this game is like from old, you know, yeah, the nineties, right? It's like, oh, well, people are going to experience it for the first time. So I don't want to say anything, but good old Brad Vickers. He also had a little cameo in RE2 if you looked in the remake, if you looked hard enough. And then we see Nikolai who calls Jill a bleeding heart and he's also part of the UBSC. He has a big role in that, but what that is, I will not reveal and that's then we see- weird because mm-hmm. i don't know it's like on this blog it's like all these people are ubsc and they're bad and now you've just listed like three people who seem to be okay um well that's because i'm not trying to spoil things sure. right 
Yeah. Because okay. uh, they're definitely not all okay. Okay. Cute. Dramatic okay, okay, music. Okay. Cute dramatic music. Spinning the umbrella around. It's time to take down the town with zombies. Good girl. That was great. That's the new theme song for Resident Evil 3 Nemesis. <laughs> I love you. I love you, girl. And then we see what appears to be a new character briefly. And then we see Carlos again. And he kind of spits some dialogue at Jill because he's a little oblivious baby who doesn't know who exactly it is he is working for. Um, and then, yeah, it's kind of like I have like literal notes of every scene that's going on to see if there's really anything worth. OK, well, we get to see also a split second view of the hunter, which is a I have the, the description here. Is a group of humal, human, humal, almost humal. It's a new species. <laughs> it's a group of human animal hybrids, which were genetically engineered as biological weapons. Hunter species were created through the grafting of reptilian donor DNA to a fertilized human embryo. Gross. With, with the aid of the T virus as a bonding agent. The fuck? So, oh yeah, it's so good. So if you, it, it was just one brief one brief little scene there. So if you missed it, go back and you can find it. They look real. Yeah, that's another thing we get to fight in Nemesis, which I'm fairly excited. Um, Wait, and can then you he- actually hurt Nemesis? Or is it like Mr. X where you just have to avoid him? Uh, there does come a point where obviously, like every big video game boss, unless this remake does something different where it's like, okay, final showdown. But it is that kind of thing where it's like you mostly have to avoid him. In the original nemesis uh you had the option to fight him or run away if you fought him and were successful you would get better weapons little upgrades stuff like that so that's the other thing uh nemesis og does differently is it gives you options if what you want to do kind of so i I would expect to see some quick time events in this game you know like do you want to go after nemesis or do you want to run chances are you want to run probably run probably want to run i am scared yes unless i have the an inevitable $5 unlimited ammo pack that they did for RE2. I hope they freaking release that, like, with launch. I think that would be such a good idea. I'd be like, okay, maybe I'll play this and I won't scream all the time mm-hmm. because I'll have some bullets. Yeah. And then the trailer just kind of ends with, you see people working on Nemesis, which could be either the underground lab underneath Raccoon City, which is Umbrellas, or it could be the Raccoon City hospital i'm not sure but i'm assuming it's a lab because i don't think they'd be working on nemesis in the hospital in the city uh and then you know you see them kind of like poking and prodding and lifting him into a helicopter and then his like little eyeball kind of opens and then it's like boom it's happening boom and then after that there was a little like five minute clip of some of the um capcom staff i can't remember their names now i'm such an asshole for doing that i should i should look this up but i won't because I'm too tired and I'll probably screw up all of the with our podcast recording if I touch anything. Yeah, don't touch anything. Anywho, and basically what they were just saying is that this game is geared more toward action and that's in their words why, you know, Jill's design has been overhauled the way it is. She's no longer wearing the mini skirt and tube top, which is also practical. She's wearing jeans and a tank top and Carlos also looks a little bit more rugged, which I think plays into his character. So while there still are going to be, obviously, puzzles, I would say this one looks like it's going to be a little bit more geared on the action side, which is, like, fine. There's a dodge button now, so that's also great. You can actually, like, try to dodge things. Oh, my goodness. I I know. And I think what's really exciting just overall about this, other than the fact that it looks incredible, the, the RE engine, just it's beautiful and perfect for this game, is 
this is a good chance for us to see Raccoon City in a state that we really haven't had the opportunity to see it in before. You know, in RE2, shit has pretty much hit the fan. Most of survivors are all dead. And there's just mostly zombies and tyrants and shit wandering and liquors wandering around. But in this one, you know, it does, even though it's only a few days prior to the events of RE2, when RE3 starts, people are still like, it's still chaos, right? Like there are still a lot of survivors. Everyone's trying to establish some order, figure out what's going on. So my hope is that we are going to be able to see more of Raccoon City before the shit totally hit the fan. And it'd be great to see some of that, like, maybe what what the city went through while the outbreak was still in its infancy. Kind of what I'm hoping for. Also, I can't believe this game is coming out, like I said, in April. What the heck? It's it's not super surprising, I guess, you know, considering that, you know, the engine's already there. The, you know, and again, like, this, they're not coming up, they're not crafting a whole new story, right? They're taking an yeah. established story, and... They're just figuring out how to tweak it. Yeah, how to it tweak better. it, mm-hmm, and expand on it. And, of course, there's going to be new locations and whatnot to, um, you know, visit and walk around. But, uh, and, and they're probably, they'll, they'll probably reuse some of the same assets of RE2 also, cause, you know, the, same like, city. Yeah, same city, and the police department is also, plays a little role in RE3. I'm not sure if it will in the remake. Anyway, it's exciting. Like Summer said, I hit my head on the keyboard this morning. It was just a good time. I'm so, happy for you. I was thanks, like, baby. oh good, she got her wish. She got her Christmas wish, which was a little Resident Evil. Oh. I know. It's so fucking cool. Summer, I'm getting two Resident Evil remakes, like, year back to back. Back to back. Oh, man. I know. And if they pull this one off and they make it just as good, it could be another game of the, in the game of the year conversation. I already said in some other shows, I think it'd have a hard time beating Cyberpunk and Tlu 2. Of course. But, you know, I can't. But it could still be nominated. Of, of course. And also, like, we haven't played any of these games yet, so. Who knows? You know, we, there are a lot of games this year that I think we thought were going to knock our socks off and kind of fell flat. Crackdown. My socks are still on. I never thought R- Crackdown was going to be a game of the year contender, and I no, had a lot of fun with it. I just used it as an example of games that we thought might. Well, maybe you never thought it was be like incredible. I thought, wait, was Anthem this year? Yes. This year has felt like a thousand years. I know. I think Anthem was February, wasn't it? Oh, God. My... Yeah, February 22nd. Yeah. I can't believe that that's the same year. That is the same. Can this year just die already? Can it just be over? <laughs> I know. It does feel like this year has gone on for like a thousand years. It's yeah. just the thing. So anywho, obviously that's Resident Evil 3 and life is good. Life is great. Sometimes social media can be stupid, but other times it can be brilliant and it allow me to geek out with thousands of other Resident Evil fans and it's a good day. All right. You want to read the rest of the state of play business? Yeah, yeah, because I kind of Britified this in my own words. Okay, Great. so obviously there are other. I state was of wondering. Play. There's a particular sentence you will come across where I was like, I don't think that this was in the PlayStation blog. Oh, yeah, that's probably something I wrote. <laughs> um, I grabbed a lot of this the info off the PlayStation blog, but I'm paraphrasing in my own language because, like, I didn't want to copy three paragraphs for every bullet point here. So, Untitled Goose Game is coming to PlayStation 4 on December 17th and will normally retail for 19.99, but there's a special launch price of. Fourteen. I'm hoping it's fourteen ninety nine, not one hundred and forty nine ninety nine. <laughs> I accidentally added a, a nine, an extra nine in there uh, for fourteen yeah, ninety nine. Special price. You can pay three times, four times. I don't know how math works. Whatever, an exorbitant amount more than you normally it's would. It's supposed to be one fucking golden goose, man. Uh, also, if you have Xbox Game Pass, you can just get it on Xbox Game Pass. But if you want a fancy little feature, the PlayStation 4 controller light bar will turn orange every time you honk, which I think is kind of cute. 
Uh, except you honk all the time. And let it be a little too so annoying like, for that's you. That's gonna be. It's just a feature that. It's not, it's not, it's not gonna knock my socks off. <laughs> what would knock your socks off, Steimer? Uh, view pinata. Okay, that's right. Yeah, that, that would knock your socks off. It would tear them off. Turn them into my a black hole. My socks would be across the universe. They would turn into a black hole from all of the forest. The entire universe would be sucked up into it and life would cease to exist. But that's you would... really how I like to roll. So yeah, <laughs> you'd get Viva Pinata. It'd be worth it. Predator Hunting Grounds releases on April 24th for the PS4. This is an asymmetric multiplayer action game. Simon, you played this, didn't you? Yes, I played this at PAX, I think. Yeah, that's right, because we talked about it on our panel, Slightly Tipsy. And that's yeah. when Mr. Jared Petty did his, his, his oh, yeah, impression. Yeah, yeah, his impression of the Predator. And I was mm. like, oh. Oh, yeah, that was good. Because I don't, I don't remember what it was again. He's much better at it than I would ever It's be. like some clicking, right? Yeah, it was a little screech. Clicky. Yeah, I'll have to post that clip again on our Twitter. This it's was the funny. sentence that I was like, Brittany must have written this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, because they talked about different predator classes, and then I saw predators with boobs, and I didn't know that was a thing, but it is, and that's amazing. I mean, I didn't. Are predators typically only male? Or is this just like a game I literally thing? I don't know, know nothing about I don't predator. Know. Anyway, All I know is they good. go invisible, and it's annoying, and I, I died a couple of times, and I was upset about it. Well, you have every right to be upset about it, Simon. We then got our first gameplay look at Babylon's Fall. This was originally announced at E3 2018, and we haven't seen much about it since. So this is a collaboration between Square Enix and Platinum Games, and this is the statement Square Enix put out. Quote, in our new teaser trailer unveiled during the State of Play broadcast earlier today, take an early look at the game's fluid action gameplay for the first time, as well as its striking brushstroke visual art style delivered by the original brushwork filler. Keep your eyes... Filter. 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 Keep your eyes open for more information about Babylon's fall this summer, aka E3, I'm sure. Um, I think that... If, if you like games like Nier or Bayonetta, I think you're going to look at this trailer that they show me like, oh, yeah, I get it. You know, it's just all combat, of course, and it looks beautiful. But if you know aren't really into those kind of games, the trailer turned a lot of people off, I think, because, you know, mm-hmm. it's been a long time. And the, <clears throat> the story of Babylon's Fall is really bizarre. It's about people, humans find some like super strong resource. And, of course, they use it for bad reasons. And then civil war breaks out. Then the gods get involved. And they're like, you guys suck. And then this goddess like comes down and she says, I'm going to give you one more chance to make things right. And then, of course, the humans just fall back under their own ways. And then they this try to go the kill the goddess. I need you to start paraphrasing video games from now on. <laughs> you know, that's amazing. Cut the and fat. then she was like, um, I don't think so. You guys need to behave or hell is going to break loose. Yeah, I mean, essentially. And then she, at the end, she's like, screw all y'all, you'll suck. You, you, you failed the test. You, you guys just fell back in your old ways. And the humans are like, oh, no, we're going to fight. They were now. like, oh, no, mommy yelled at us. I, exactly. <laughs> so, anywho, interesting looking story. But other than that, we know, like, nothing about it. Uh, Dreams is releasing on Valentine's Day 2020. That's February 14th. For all of you, mark your calendars now if you want to get someone a box of chocolates or some flour. But you don't have to do I'm that. I'm going to give myself a box of chocolates. Uh, you deserve 10 boxes of chocolates. Yeah. Yeah, girl. It's now available for pre-order, and early access players will be upgraded to the full version at no additional cost. And fun facts, I don't know if we've talked about this on the show, but I must have forgotten about it if we had. There are the Impy Awards, which are the official Dreams Awards. So they have categories like Best Narrative, Creator of the Year, Best Character, Best Sound Design, etc., all voted on by the community. And the awards are going to be streamed January 26th, which I think is a really cool thing. 
That's very nice of them. Yeah. Yeah, and the trailer looks the amazing. The name of it is a little weird, but other than that, it's good. I'm assuming it stands for something. Oh, I, I definitely know. like probably interactive, blah, 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 blah. But interactive just, Muppets. Yeah. Party. Party. Y'all. Y'all. <laughs> <laughs> interactive Muppets party, y'all. <laughs> I think that's definitely what it is. That's, that's so the only thing it could be. There's no be. way it could be anything else. <laughs> no. That's it. That's, that's the one. Nope. Everyone wants an invite to the interactive Muppets party, y'all. It's, it's a good, good event. <laughs> I mean, I do. <laughs> that sounds oh, great. Mm-hmm. Spellbreak is a fantasy battle royale where you play as a battle mage. It's coming to PS4 in early 2020. Uh, I think this gameplay looks really fun, but battle royale really turned me off. I believe this is already on PC. So it's kind of like, oh, it's coming to PS4. Whoa, cool. Not my thing. Whoa. <laughs> and then Super Liminal, which has been worked on for six years, is coming to PS4 in April 2020, and it's currently available on Epic Game Store, if you can't wait that long. And so this is the, the quote from the team. Everyone has tried to play with perspective using their imagination. Maybe you've pretended to pinch and pick up the Eiffel Tower, the sun, or maybe just a friend that's standing far away. And we thought, well, what if you could do that in a game? What if you could pick up the Eiffel Tower from far away and actually put it on a table? See, that quote doesn't doesn't make the game sound very good. Oh, okay. <laughs> that quote makes it sound really stupid. Like, oh, well, what if you could do that? Like, who cares if you could do that? But <laughs> I mean, Simon, I if you could pick up the Eiffel this, Tower. <laughs> if I, you can. They make miniature ones everywhere. Just oh my go. god, you smartass. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I actually thought that this trailer looked really interesting. I'd forgotten. I feel like I've seen this game before, and I just forgot about it. Um, mm-hmm. And like you said, if it's on Epic Games Store, that would make sense. But it is sort of, I mean, I assu- I'm assuming it is a puzzle game because otherwise I don't know what the hell it is. But it, I was like, oh, this is actually kind of interesting and just playing with perspective. Um, yeah. And I actually thought it looked really neat. So I thought so too. Go watch it and don't go off of this quote. If, that, if picking up the Eiffel Tower doesn't do anything for you, it doesn't flip up your skirt. Well, like, that's not very just, like, what if you could pick it up and put it on the table? Like, why is that exciting? I don't know. Because it's the fucking Eiffel Tower, Steimer. But. (sighs) No, I know what you're saying. Yeah. I mean, in a video game where it always seems like the possibilities are endless, why would you want to pick up the Eiffel Tower and put it on the table? And just put it on the table. Right. Like, wait, like, who cares? Eiffel Tower matter. Simulator. Like, yeah, oh, Eiffel God. Tower. This is how you make the tchotchkes. You're like, here you go. I'm gonna. Oh no! There's only one. It's gone now. What do I do? I can only sell this one, and then now my inventory is gone. This is bad economics. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. Wow. All right. Then there's the Paper Beast. Actually, it's just called Paper Beast. Via, it's a VR game. And quotes. I was so a- sad. The minute I saw the art, I was like, ooh. And then they were like, Paper Beast. Dude. And they're like, in virtual reality. And I was like, no. <laughs> yeah. I thought about you. The, the, the minute I saw this, I'm like, for some reason, I'm like, this looks like something Samra would like. And then it's like VR. And I said, oh, well, that'll never happen. So, <laughs> quote, the game leads you to discover fauna and flora made from origami paper, folded metal, coral some elements seem familiar such as water and sand while others are more surreal such as the creatures as you go through the game you solve puzzles and obstacles discovering a lot of surprises the creatures help the player progress through their journey intuitively without a word since the game's narrative is non-verbal so i was looking at some of my notes because i was half asleep taking notes on these things and these are my notes about this game uh paper beast it's an exotic and mysterious world coming to psvr things are made of Paper. Manipulate the fascinating wildlife. Flip the turtle upside down. Had it chase a pom-pom. Save the thing from an enemy that was eating the others. 
play with terrain and upside down watch it chase a pom-pom this is paper beast y'all let's go we are i know and then i have play with terrain and fluids unravel the mystery yeah, of the don't paper you beast play with terrain and fluids do they i wrote that down I'm like that just sounds so weird and then there were balloons floating sounds very biological um <laughs> Balloons. <laughs> I, yeah, there were balloons. I and I've I forgot about these notes that I because I, I just type while I watch and then I look at these later. I'm like, oh god, I was I was dead. Anyhow, it looks like a really interesting idea, but uh, fact that it's VR, you know. Yeah, yeah no. it's not going to be for me now. No, I sorry, but you have an interesting concept. Thank you. Goodbye. Yeah. Okay, there you go. <laughs> and then we got like a minute long Ghost of Tsushima teaser. And basically they are, there are warriors, these are my notes again, there are warriors pulling a cart on a leafy trail, there's a silhouette at the end of said trail, both parties pull out their weapons, it zooms on in on the dude, the warriors charge each other, there's like fire coming out of his hand and then it ends. Fire's and coming then, out of the hand of the guy who's by himself at yeah, the opposite end of the, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to get an extended trailer at the Game Awards, which is I think also heard is going to be the longest trailer at the uh, award ceremony. So, Nido Frito. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm really excited about this. We've talked about it multiple times. Ghost of Tsushima looks right at my alley, but just don't really know enough about it yet. I mean, I feel like it's one of those games where we're, we're just not really going to know a lot about it when it releases. <laughs> it's just going to be like, do you like this setting? Buy this game. <laughs> That's yeah. it's literally the only one around like it. So it makes you think. Do you think we're gonna get a release date? Um, hmm, it's hard to say because if it is going to be a next gen launch title, then maybe not. Um, because they might be wanting to hold that for whatever event that they end up having. Mm, I think they said it's coming to PS4. So it could um, be cross though. It could be cross, yeah. And it's like, when does that game release? Because you got The Last of Us in May. Mm-hmm. Got yeah. I don't know. We'll see. We will see. We will see. We will see. And then we're gonna hop into the announcements from Nintendo's indie world. And then I think we're gonna do what we did last week, which is we're gonna split this show into two. Otherwise, we're gonna have one segment that's like an hour twenty, and then one that's like oh fifteen minutes because neither one of us have been playing a lot. So we'll we'll recap Nintendo's Indie World, take a break, and then we'll be back. All right. Sounds great. My turn. You go on through bad stuff. This is also also kind of Britified, so beware. (laughs) I can't wait. I'm excited about this. All right. This is uh, all the big announcements for Nintendo's Indie World from Kotaku, but edited by Brittany Brombacher. Today's Indie World presentation from Nintendo was surprisingly packed full of big announcements, including sequels to Indie Switch titles. Uh, such as Axiom Verge and Golf Story. Here's a rundown of the big stuff you missed if you weren't watching along. Developer Tom Happ showed a short look at Axiom Verge 2, which will be available in the fall of 2020. A Nintendo press release says it'll explore the origins of the Axiom Verge universe. But before that, in mid-2020, we'll get Sports Story, which is a sequel to the RPG Golf Story that combines many different sports like (laughs) baseball, tennis, soccer, and probably more. Uh, quote, not just about sports, it's a full, full on golfing adventure with a whole lot of tennis gameplay for good measure. Not to mention dungeons, espionage, cause that's a sport, mini games, and plenty <laughs> of friends and enemies. This is exclusive to Nintendo Switch. Yay! I think this is cool. So, Golf Story has a little, a little corner in my heart reserved just for it. So this was one of the first games I played 
on my Switch um, when we started What's Good because I never really – I always traveled but never like as frequently um, – as when we started What's Good Games. So I remember wondering, what what Switch game am I going to play on my way to Andrea's house? It was the first time we were having our first little meeting, and I downloaded Golf Story, and I wasn't expecting to love it as much as I did, but it's a really cute cute little game. And did you ever play it, Steimer? No, but I heard really good things about it. Yeah, it's super cute. And as someone who typically doesn't like golf games or sports games in general, it's absolutely not a sports game, and uh, everyone should check it out. Well, now, now you got golf, you got tennis, you got... Dun- espionage dun- dungeons and espionage Dunge- it's perfect the most beautiful brilliant combination mm-hmm. all right and there's some more skatebird coming oh in late God. 2020 is about a bird on a skateboard it looks wonderful <laughs> it does uh, so there's these cute little birds and is that the end of the story can i talk about uh, it yeah that's the sentence okay that's it <laughs> yeah so there's like a, these little chunky little birds and they're just like skating over little bendy straws and staplers and then you can quote collect tiny clothing for them it's a- <gasps> i love clothing for birds oh tony hawk who this is gonna kill tony hawk <laughs> no but tony it, it hawk looks- will love this oh my god I are know. you kidding me he's such yeah. a, he seems like such a nice dude maybe you know, i yeah. love his sweets his his sweets tweets oh tweets <laughs> i said i love his sweets his twitter is a gem it is it's a good time of everyone asking or telling him he looks like Tony Hawk. But yeah, it's a timed exclusive for the Switch, and it just looks like an adorable, adorable little game. Yeah. Gleamlight from the development studio that did Bloodstained Ritual of the Night is a side-scrolling action game with a stained glass look in which you play as a sword. <laughs> Become a sword in a terrifying, sad, but warm story. Who wrote this? Drawn in an artistic world from the developers of Bloodstained Ritual of the Night when Gleamlight launches on Nintendo Switch in early 2020. The trailer boasts, this game knows how players like you think and how to guide you through without anything unnecessary like words. Yeah, but I like how it's like, it's terrifying, sad, but warm. And you're like, what the fuck? You're like, what? I mean, <laughs> those are really opposite pretty. things. But, but okay. yeah, yeah, it's a thing. Yeah, you're a sword and I think you help children or children help you. And it all looks stained glass-like. And it's funny because toward the end of it it's like who needs words anywhere there are no words or like cues in this game at all because we know how players play I'm like okay so basically you're just saying there's no ui that's fine yeah there's no it's so that actually reminds me of how um wow my brain is blanking on it the ori not no ori definitely oh. <laughs> the tutorial um the game where you're basically like a schizophrenic girl in the nordic oh North. Um, oh oh god um yeah. Oh my god. My, I know. It's horrible. My brain is just like not Oh my god. Hellblade? No. Hellblade? No, yeah, hell, yeah. Or, uh, sacrifice, right? Hellblade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I said it was sacrifice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. So that game also doesn't really, I mean, like there's no UI on it anywhere. Like you kind of just hit the buttons cuz you know how an action game plays and mm-hmm. then it I mean maybe there's a way to turn on UI, but when I was playing it there was nothing. Mm-hmm. Um and I was like, actually I don't mind this cuz yeah, I I'm hitting the buttons that I would normally hit in a game and it's all seeming to work out, so it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Good job. Good job. All right. Here. Super Mash coming in May is, quote, set in a game shop owned by a brother and sister who discover a mysterious game console. I'm like, is this Jumanji? No, every time they turn it on, it mashes different game genres together. I don't know what that means. Did okay. you watch this? Can you explain yeah, this better? I'm going to try to, and I meant to rewatch it before we started recording, but I didn't. So I'll try to pull what info I have from my brain. Um, 
it sounds like what you get to do is you get to pick two classic genres and then tell the game to mash them together. So you can say, I want an RPG and a shooter, or I want an adventure with the shooter or an adventure with an RPG. And my understanding is that the game then procedurally generates or, or, or makes new scenarios or based off of the criteria you've given it. The whole idea is if a game could make games, what would it be like? Um, hmm. And it looks really interesting, and I wish I had done a little bit more research into it before we talked about it. But, yeah, I mean, it showed a wide variety of graphics. You had, like, 8-bit-looking stuff. You had full-on 3D-looking graphics. And when the preview trailer started, I think it was the head of the studio, some gentleman held up a piece of paper and he said, this is my favorite level, and it had, like, a code on it. And he said, when you play this game, enter in this code, and then you'll get to see what game I'm talking about. So it sounds like, you know, once you generate something, it creates a code, and then you can share that with friends. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it looks really interesting. Speaking of mashups, Boyfriend Dungeon, which we yes. have talked about on this show before, although that may have been PAX episodes that may or may not have made it to your ears. I don't oh, know. Yeah. Um, finally puts dungeon crawling and dating sims together. Date your boyfriends. Battle with them in dungeons. It's the whole package. Uh, this one actually does look really fun, and Britt and I have played this at, mm-hmm. like I said, at conventions, and... I'm very excited for Boyfriend Dungeon. Oh, dude, I know, me too. It looks so fucking quirky and silly and something that we, I mean, we have played it and we had a lot of fun with it. Oh, yes. And then here's the a wild one. The developers of Hatful Boyfriend are teaming up with the composer of Ace Attorney for Murder by Numbers, a combo of visual novel, of a visual novel and Picross. Mm-hmm. So. That's a thing that is going to exist. <laughs> is that something you think you would be interested in? Yeah, sure. Why not? Yeah. Because I, I, like I watched it. I like visual novels. I was like, this kind of looks like Ace Attorney. And then they're like, oh, hey, maybe these are the people working on it. And I said, now it all makes sense. But I, I just, I, I don't do good with puzzles that require numbers. It just racks my brain too much, you know? You know, I need to start doing more things like that because, you know, I'm getting old and I need to <laughs> exercise my brain like I, I do think my you body. do that enough. I think you exercise your brain enough, girl. You're busy as fuck. Uh, busy is not exercise. It's not? I don't think so. I think there's... No. Like, I gotta make sure that I keep my head sharp, because I don't want to end up in a bad way <laughs> later. Like your neighbor who's dying next to... Well, I guess oh, that has nothing gosh. to do with a sharp brain. That's that's yeah, I have no idea. That's just, that's just general health. That's just general um, health. But yeah, okay, next. <laughs> the Survivalist is a pixel art survival online multiplayer game from Team 17. It is set in the same universe as The Escapist, so you will work together. Wait, you'll work with adorable monkeys to gather, craft, build, and survive. This is local and online co-op, and it's coming in 2020. Uh, so cute. I mean, everybody, well, actually, I don't really like monkeys. Spoiler alert. I actually, oh, wait, really? I dislike monkeys oh oh my god no, i mean they'll okay. like eat your face i don't think that they're really that cute okay. and adorable what about like cute pixel monkeys that just make really cute sounds and do i mean the only monkeys I, that are acceptable to me are donkey kong and diddy kong and the whole kong crew that's it uh, oh i mean that's that's fair hmm okay well otherwise i don't want them goodbye i'm slightly disappointed because i thought they were really cute and i was excited to talk about how cute they are i'm you. sure that they're cute but uh, I, you know, I'm just not a monkey person. <laughs> okay, noted. I'll send back that monkey 
underwear I got for you. What? No. What? No. Okay. No. No. I was I was trying to like make a joke, and then, you know how like like me undies. I feel like me undies would have really cute monkey underwear. Oh, I'm sure and that they do. Yeah. That's what came to my mind, and then I started saying it, and then I couldn't stop, and then it didn't work, and now here we are. We are here where the classic shooter Oddworld Stranger's Wrath is coming to Switch in January. Originally, it launched in 2005, which is sad to me because I definitely remember this game coming out. Wait, really? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, girl. Play, I played Oddworld when I was a kid. Wow. But how old was I? Okay, let me try. So I was 18. I graduated high school in... How much older are you than me? Oh, few years at least okay because i was 17 slash 18 in 2005 yeah you are you are younger than me i graduated high school in 03 okay and i so graduated you... college in 07 so you're probably like 2021 20, yeah somewhere around there yeah yeah man time flies where's it going i don't know i t- nowhere good all yeah. right and then also dotless is out today on switch and well before it's but it is still accurate that it's also up today uh when you're listening to this <laughs> on switch it has crossplay support and the talos principle is also out on switch so if you have been waiting for either of those go get them go get them all right christine steimer we're gonna split this episode into because we still have more stuff to talk about sure do all right we'll catch you on the flip side word Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the What's Good Games podcast. We're going to continue this week's news and tell you all about our hands-on impressions of games we've been playing very soon. But before we do that, I want to tell you a little bit about landscapes. So jingle balls to the walls, fellas, listen up, because untrimmed pubes are a thing of the past. It's time to gear up and get yourself the gift of shaving this holiday season, and I am talking about the Manscaped Perfect Package 2.0. Now, I'll spare you the details, but I did confront my husband because I've never had a manscape before. And I asked him, you know, is manscaping, what's that like? And he said, well, you know, in a nutshell, it can be a, get, see what I did there? In oh, a nutshell. D- yeah. In a nutshell. Yeah. He's like, you know, sometimes you're in a hurry, you want to get it done. And with a, improper equipment, you can nick or snag your nuts. And that's exactly what manscape is going to try to prevent. So. That's why re- this revolutionary company, Manscaped, has redesigned the electric trimmer so you don't nick or snag your nuts. Like my husband did. Use their lawnmower 2.0 and it has propriety advanced skin safe technology. So again, it won't nick or snag your nuts. How many times I'm going to say nick or snag your nuts during this read? I think it's just so fucking perfect. Take a shot every time. Take a shot. You're already drunk. Surprise. It's also waterproof so you can use it in the shower. The lawnmower 2.0 comes inside their perfect package 2.0, which makes for the perfect gift this holiday season. It's literally everything you need to keep trimmed, cut free, and smelly nice down there. And don't use the same trimmer on your face as you're using on your balls, because that's just really nasty. The Manscaped Perfect Package 2.0 also includes the Crop Preserver, an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. You already put deodorant on your armpits. Why are you not putting deodorant on the smelliest part of your body? And yes, your balls stink. Speaking of sweaty and stinky balls... I am thankful for the crop reviver. <laughs> this you product, personally. <laughs> I personally am very thankful for it. This product, along with the crop preserver, keeps your balls from sweating, smelling, and sticking, which I have heard that sticky balls can be a very, very unpleasant experience. Thanks to all of my male friends for oversharing. 
And these products smell good. Their manly scent is attractive and will help set the mood, if you know what I mean. The perfect package will also come with a pair of Manscaped boxer briefs that'll keep your junk feeling fresh all day. It's time to upgrade those overused pair of boxers to Manscaped's high-performance anti-chafing boxer briefs. Tis the season to Manscaped, so get yourself, your dad, your brother, and friends the best gift at all of all, the Manscaped Perfect Package 2.0. Get 20% off of free shipping with the code what's good at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. We have a community page at facebook.com slash groups slash what's good games. I believe that's the URL. And it's always great seeing all of the dudes who order the Manscaped products because they hear our ads and they're like, hey. That sounds like something that, you know, maybe they can use in their life. So thank you to all of you who have been posting about getting your Manscaped gear. So again, you can get 20% off and free shipping with the code what's good at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use what's good. Clean up your nuts and make Santa proud this year. Nick and snag your nuts. Take another shot. Let me roll up. Okay, Stammer, let's get back to the news. News times two. All right. So this next one comes from Kotaku, and it's called Sources. The new Bioshock has been in the works for years. What a shocking headline. Yeah. So this comes from Jason Schreier. So this morning, which is actually Monday the 9th, video game publisher 2K announced that it had formed a new studio to work on a brand new Bioshock game, the fourth in the popular sci-fi series. It won't be out for, quote, several years, the publisher said. What 2K didn't say is that this project had has already been in the works since at least 2015, although it's been rebooted since then. The truth is that Bioshock 4, codenamed Parkside, has existed for years, according to four people familiar with the project. Long before today's announcement that a new company called Cloud Chamber will develop the next Bioshock, 2K had contacted an outside studio to do it. In 2015, Parkside was entering development at Certain Affinity, the Austin, Texas-based studio best known for helping out on huge shooters like Halo and Call of Duty. This was a big opportunity for Certain Affinity, which was founded in 2006 by ex-Bungie developer Max Hoberman and mostly subs... What's that? Subsided? Subsisted. Thank you. I was like... Okay, anyway. On contract work for external publishers. By the end of 2016, however, 2K had pulled a project out of Austin and decided to take the next Bioshock in-house, rebooting it in the process. 2K did not immediately respond to a request for comment this morning. It's not clear why certain Affinity's version of Parkside was canceled. We've heard different versions of the story from different people. But by 2017, 2K had moved it to Novato, California, where the publisher's corporate offices are based. In the coming months, 2K started quietly recruiting staff, including some who had worked on Mafia 3 at Hangar 13 next door. This Parkside team stayed small as their new Bioshock entered early pre-production. The team remained quiet even after Kotaka Report revealed its existence in April 2018. And today, two years after the studio formed, 2K has finally announced its existence, along with a sister studio in Montreal, Quebec, Canada. In a press release this morning, again, Monday morning, 2K said that Cloud Chamber, quote, has started to work on the next iteration of the globally acclaimed Bioshock franchise. Presumably, the publisher forgot to hit send on the press release back in 2017. Yikes. Mm. Bioshock games are smart, ambitious shooters that narrative that take narrative seriously, which is perhaps why all of them have gone through such, such hellish development cycles. The first Bioshock went through a big reboot and brutal crunch at developer Irrational Games. The second Bioshock, which was made by a studio called 2K Marin, also put its Marin. developers... Mar- whatever. Marin. 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 It's Marin. It's the name of the city. 
Fine. Don't, don't logic bomb me, Steimer. <laughs> they also put Marin, also put their developers through tough crunch before they moved on to the ill-fated XCOM, the Bureau. This led to 2K quietly shutting down its Marin studio, which the publisher has never acknowledged. The third game, Bioshock Infinite, shipped in 2013 following years of cuts and reboots and irrational shutdown. Here's hoping Bioshock 4 has had better luck. It doesn't sound like it has. I mean, based on this entire story, I don't know what you're talking about, Jason Shire. Like... <laughs> You literally just said it hasn't had better luck. That's the entire story. Yeah. Um, Also, I find this story kind of weird because I'm like, this to me seems like video game development in general. Mm -hmm. Well, when you were talking about the fact that the shoot, the studio who initially made it shut down and they're trying to figure out what to do with the IP, this doesn't really shock me that they're constantly trying to like chop it around and find the right team and figure out how to do it because if they don't do it right, uh people will be mad so i don't blame them for taking their time rebooting it and trying to make sure that they do it justice which hopefully they will yeah i agree this not there's really nothing newsworthy i guess well i guess well that that's a little harsh i guess there's not a lot like simer said of interesting info in here other than the fact that this is typical video game works right this is how it goes projects get you know can and they get rebooted all the time I think it's just, it's been since 2013 since we've had a Bioshock game. And now I guess it all kind of makes sense as to why we're just hearing about it. And it sounds like this game isn't even coming out for several years. So my guess is that they're talking about it. Now they can maybe start recruiting some promotion for it. Now they can publicly talk about it, get ahead of it before it inevitably leaks. And Kotaku breaks another story about it again. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, I do think the reason that they announced it now is because of exactly what you said first, which is recruiting. So you're going to be able to recruit people more easily if they know what you're working on. Um, And by them having a small team, I know they're like, he makes a quip about like, oh, they forgot to tell people this place existed back in 2017. I'm like, well, the team probably wasn't ready to expand back in 2017. They may have still been in exploratory phases and not sure that this was even going to be the team that was going to be working on the game itself. Like, like they said, there were also other tight, like other studios that didn't, didn't quite make the cut. Um, so it feels like this, they feel as if it's probably in a more solid state. They're happy ish with whatever they have. And now they want to kind of ramp up and get it going. So good news for Bioshock fans in that respect. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm excited to see what they come up with. Do you want them to stick to kind of Bioshock Infinite style Bioshock? Or do you like to see them do some OG like Bioshock 1, 2 stuff? I preferred Bioshock 1. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked Infinite just fine. But I I think it, Bioshock is a hard game to follow. Like the original was just so good. And the twists were so good. Would and you kindly? Would you kindly? I flipped out. Mm-hmm. I, I was like... Son of a bitch! <laughs> like, like, what the? Like, there were so many beautiful little twists and turns there, and man, it was just so so good. So I like anything following that. I do not blame Infinite for not quite measuring up because I just mm-hmm. don't think there was a world in which it could have. But I do think it also it had its fair share of of interesting twists and interesting um, perspectives. Mm-hmm. So. I think but the next Bioshock just needs to, again, kind of go its own way. And similar to how Infinite was like, okay, it's 
Bioshock, but it's not Bioshock. You're not in Rapture. You're not doing the same things. Uh. So yeah, they need to come up with another dystopia, which I think they can do just fine. Um, and I'm excited to see where they place this one and how it will work because I love seeing some yeah. screwed up cities. Oh, dude, me too. Now, do you think enough time has passed where they could go back to like an underwater city? Uh, I wouldn't if I were mm-hmm. them. I mean, they could. Sure, they could do whatever they want. Too much comparison. Do you I, think? I do think I think it would be way too hard, especially considering Ken Levine is not part of this project. Mm. You going back to the place where he is heavily associated to me is not a smart move. Sure. Um, I think they are better off being like, here's a weird city built in a mountain or like whatever uh. built under the earth's core. Sure. Why not? You know, like all sorts of lava. Weird shit. Yeah. Lava city. Where's my lava city? Um, I, I think they'll have to, or fuck it in space, right? Like whatever. Mm. Where's the moon colony? Uh, I think that they could go <laughs> somewhere around there, but I, I personally, if I were them would steer far clear from mm-hmm. rapture, and would steer away from... I forgot the name of the city in Infinite. I don't even remember either. I think that's telling. No, I liked Bioshock Infinite. Yeah, I, I, like, yeah I liked it, but it did, definitely didn't stick the Columbia. same way. Columbia, that's right. Yeah, yeah. It, it didn't stick the same way that the OG mm-hmm. did. This is a kind of a fun little story. Bioshock, the first one, this was back in... When did I play it for the first time? Maybe t- 2009, 2010. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it was too scary for me, and I couldn't play it. That's hard. Yeah. Isn't that weird? <laughs> no, it's not because I was the same way. I um I had a friend who gave me the game and I was like, this looks scary. I don't want to play it. Mm-hmm. And they were like, just play it. So I think I just put it on. I don't remember if I played it on easy. I think I may have. I may have yeah. been like, okay, I'll just turn this down to easy so I won't be as stressed out and I can just get through this game. And the minute I was oh. really scared because like the very beginning of that game, there's the fucking creepy splicer, ass dude. splicer yeah. who runs up to you. And so I'm almost like... And that's where I know. I don't want to leave the pod. The pod is my home. Uh, my home, my safe place. Oh, it's so, it's so safe in here. So nice and warm. Uh, so when I left the pod, but finally, when I got the shock power, that was the minute that the game clicked for me, which mm. is really not that much farther into the game. But because I, 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 then I felt okay. It's weird when I had a gun, I was like, I don't feel safe. I have like. I have all this ammo, but that's it. But then yeah. when you give me the ability to shoot lightning from my hand, I'm like, okay. Then you're now, like, okay. I've now I feel fine. I feel secure in myself. I know. I'll just never forget. Yeah. Oh, God. It's so good. And it's kind of a sad thought to think like those glory days might not ever be relived. Relived. Because, God, that was just such a magical game. It really um, was. I mean, especially the first time you encounter a big daddy. Oh, and oh. you have to... I mean, it took me hours to come to terms with the fact that I had to kill it. Oh, I was just like, I don't want to. He's not harming me. Mm-hmm. Like, the, he's just clunking around. Like, <laughs> Oh, and then harvesting boom, the little boom. sisters and And then shit. the little sisters. Yeah, I didn't harvest Ugh. any of them. God, um, I can't remember what I did. But yeah, it's just a creepy, messed up, but brilliant world that was created. And oh, man. Yeah. Oh, oh. But yeah, it was too scary for me to play for like uh, several months. I couldn't do it. And now I just, I can't get enough of the scary things. All right, Summer. Yeah. Read it to oh, me, baby girl. sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Final Fantasy VII Remake cover says it's a Times PS4 exclusive until 2021. <laughs> All right. 
Square Enix has just updated the box art on its store page for the upcoming Final Fantasy VII Remake, which now displays a message on the bottom right corner that reads, PlayStation exclusive. Play first on PS4. Followed by further messaging that clarifies it will be a timed exclusive mm-hmm. until March 3rd, 2021. Originally spotted on Twitter by Wario64, who pointed out that the, uh, who pointed out the updated box art. With Final Fantasy VII Remake set to launch March 3rd, 2020, this puts the timed exclusivity window at about a year for PS4 users. Although no additional platforms have been revealed at this time beyond PlayStation 4, it's worth noting that we expect, uh, that we expect to be well into the next generation of uh, consoles by early 2021, meaning we may see cross-platform release for this anticipated return to Midgar. Uh, Square Enix also recently revealed that it has already begun development on the next part of this upcoming remake, which will be released in an episodic format. The first chapter will focus on an expanded version of Midgar, with each yeah, subsequent version being a full-sized game. Oh, yeah. So this is kind of funny. Kind of, So I... Okay, I'll just start from the beginning. So if you look at the tag on this box art, it's just in the bottom right corner, and then it's like, big PlayStation exclusive. And then under that, it's like, slightly smaller, play first on PS4. And then like, slightly smaller, time exclusive until 3 3 It's like, oh man, that's real sneaky. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, to be fair, most people, a year is a long enough time where the average consumer is probably not waiting around for a year to oh, play no. this game. So no. I get it, right? Like you're going to yeah. put the big PS4 exclusive in big fat lettering because you paid for it. Um, mm-hmm. You paid for this thing to be exclusive for a year, which is not an unusual length of time for exclusives. It's roughly about what they at least used to be when they... God, do you remember when like everything was a timed exclusive? Like Team Raider and... Yeah. yeah. There's yeah. a lot of stuff. It's always a year. Well, not always, oh. but a lot of times it's yeah. a year. No, it's, I agree, cause I mean, it, it's just kind of funny to look at, cause it's like big, smaller, smaller, but yeah, you know, that's what they paid for, so it makes sense, it's just, you know, it makes me chuckle a little bit. But yeah, I mean, who's gonna wait a year to play Final If you're Fantasy gonna wait VII? a year, then you probably are not really the target demo for it anyway, you're someone who's just like, okay, I'm gonna pick this up when it's a little bit cheaper, or hey, if it then comes to Xbox in a year, is it gonna be immediately on their Game Pass? Like, there's, uh, you can save some cash <laughs> if you save need to. Save some cash money. Yeah, I think for me, the kind of odd thing about this whole thing, and let me know in the comments if you friends know anything different, but back during E3 th- this year, there was a press release that was released duh, that said that, it, that Final Fantasy VII will premiere first on PS4. But there was never like a big stink made about it. And so it's kind of always been that question of, you know, is it timed? Is it not timed? Clearly like the info was out there, but it just hadn't been something that had been talked about loudly from PlayStation. And I don't know if that's part of like the deal maybe that was brokered. Like you're going to talk about this that much, but it's just interesting that it's just now kind of getting, it, it was making news. It was making headlines because not a lot of people saw that press release that back in during E3 saying, Hey, you know, it's, essentially a, a timed exclusive and because the quote was that there that square had no other plans to release final fantasy 7 on other consoles at that time but then why not just say like it's coming to ps4 first why is it not you, do you know what i mean it was just kind yeah. of like murky kind of odd but whatever i mean that's a lot of what they do with these deals but and also maybe the exact timing wasn't worked out yet and they weren't sure of the date or whatever is there a um, clause in these contracts to say quote be murky as fuck yes that, that is called lawyer speak. <laughs> it's just that maybe we can be lawyers. Let's just put a little clause in there. It says be murky as fuck and then we can make the big bucks. Yeah, I think so. 
But yeah, this isn't super surprising because, you know, just at XO19, it was announced that a whole bunch of Final Fantasies are coming to Game Pass. And currently on Switch, you can get a whole bunch of Final Fantasies as well. So obviously Square is playing nice with everyone and anyone, which is really great to see. Um, my question also is, how do they workshop this, right? So let's say it's March 2021. The new consoles are already out. Do they release a free upgrade patch to people who own? Because, you know, these new consoles are going to be backwards compatible. Do they uh, do they just send out an update patch to those who already own it on their PS4 or wherever and be like, okay, or on their PS5 and be like, okay, you can just upgrade it. or how, You know what I mean? Like, how is that going to work? That's kind of where I'm, like, scratching yeah, my beard. It's, um, do you scratch your beard? I mean, I'm, I think CDP did something like that for Witcher mm. um, where it was just like you can – download this thing and it's fine uh but yeah yeah i mean it would be nice if they did but i don't know how they are going to handle it um square doesn't always do right by everyone not that they're the worst but you know sometimes they've had a couple of hiccups a little hiccups here and there yeah yeah because i imagine you know if i buy it on ps4 and i'm playing it and it's like oh this looks so good and then ps5 comes out and all of a sudden, you know, Xbox Scarlet gets a fancy next-gen version of Final Fantasy VII. Then if I want to experience that and I bought it on PS4, do I have to rebuy it for PlayStation 5? Or or do I buy PlayStation 5 and then I can play Final Fantasy VII on PlayStation 5 because it's going to be backwards compatible? I'm hoping, yeah, that it would know that you – yeah, like your account will come over with the purchase, so – Hopefully it's just a, if you stick to the same console, you'll be fine. Now, if you had switched for whatever reason, you were like, no, I want it on, no, I'm going to buy the Scarlet. Then I think you need to buy the game again. Like, I think, I don't think there's any universe in which you get the game for free. Um, Well, no. I mean, like, you just want the updated graphics and sexy, sexy of the next gen console, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, at least I do. I want to see clouds, every strand of clouds hair flowing in the wind. I just want to be able to, like, gawk at it and look at it. And be like, oh, baby, you so fine. It's PS5 graphics. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I can't do that. It hurts my arthritis. Oh, God. All right. <laughs> okay, so the, ne- the next story I thought was kind of interesting. And when I first read about Netflix, uh, Redbox ending video game rentals, I was like, so? And then I said, no, Brit. You need to be open because not everyone lives close to a city like you do. So this might be a really big deal to people. So I just thought I'd add some perspective in case you were ignorant like me and wondering what the big deal was. So this comes from Destructoid, and it's called Redbox is Ending Video Game Rentals, and if anyone needs me, I'll be in the Angry Dome. This comes from CJ Andreessen. I was never a fan of the Redbox video game rental service until I found a kiosk that gave me reason to celebrate it. Living out in the country as I do means having to sacrifice a lot of the conveniences city folks enjoy daily. Our movie theaters are worse, our choices for restaurants are more limited, and mail can take an extra two to three days to reach us. That's why I canceled my Gamefly about a month after moving here. I got tired of discs taking so long to get to me. I was about to give up on game rentals altogether until I found the local Redbox kiosk was more than up to the task of fulfilling my gaming needs. In the Bay Area, these big red boxes outside Walgreens and Safeways were a mixed bag for gaming. Usually, all they had in stock were sport title or two, and a copy of Doom that you could buy for five bucks. That selection pales in comparison to what I have now. Thanks to my local red box, I've been able to enjoy the, the likes of Devil May Cry 5, Resident Evil 2, Death Stranding, and Sekiro. I love that machine, but come next year, I won't be frequenting as much. Redbox confirmed on Twitter that it has ceased all video game rentals and will stop selling them early next year. This is especially crushing right now as I planned on renting Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order to play over the weekend. 
But I guess that's no longer an option, and I'll have to either return to a subscription service I don't particularly like or go back to waiting for price cuts to cut the to play the biggest games of the year. I never thought I'd long for the days of Game Rush, yet here we are. Yeah, that's interesting because obviously I've I've never used you know Gamefly or Redbox either, just because I haven't had a reason to. Um, but that yeah. I do find it curious. I'm like I'm wondering why do they say on their Twitter why? Why? No, no, no explanations really been given. I'm assuming that I don't know how popular they are. I mean, because you look at it. So I was doing some like digging. So for if you want to rent a game at Redbox, it's three dollars a day for a game. Mm-hmm. So let, let's say you have a game for a week. That's twenty one dollars. If you can, you know, maybe you have a really long game, you can finish it with a week. And then I was looking at GameFly. And for one or more movie at a time, it's $9.50 a month for the first three months. And then it hops up to $16 a month after that. If you want to have two games or movies at a time, it's $13.50 for the first three months per month. And then $22.99 per month after that. Not to mention, you might not get the game you want if it's not available. Because on Gamefly, you know, you select your queue of games and then they'll send you what they got. And so when I see this, I'm like, who... And again, let me know if you're one of these people. Who would want to pay $23 a month? For Gamefly, when you could get Game Pass or something like that, you know, I have think a- that's for people whose internet maybe. Is okay, not there great. you go. Yeah. As I started saying that, I was like, wait a minute. Okay, I guess that makes more sense. Um, not to mention, you know, if you do have game, if you do have Gamefly and you do live somewhere like where this person lives, maybe it takes you a week or two to get your games, and that could also suck. But yeah, it makes me wonder why they're not doing it. I'm wondering if they're just not seeing people use it as much. But yeah, no, no explanation was really given. Fair enough. Fair enough. But yeah, I just thought that was kind of interesting. I forgot Redbox was a thing where people could get their video game rentals. I forgot yeah. it was a thing in general, but yeah. <laughs> I, I don't really days. go to, I don't go to like Walgreens or Safeway or anywhere that they have these. So these things. I yeah. just order shit off Amazon. I know. It's, <laughs> I it's don't a luxury. My house. I go to work. That's it. <laughs> I know. I've been getting so many packages at my house lately and it's amazing because that means I don't have to leave. So yeah. Rip Redbox, and I just thought, you know, the day is a video game rental. We have one blockbuster left. They're dead, dying, yep. warm fodder in a grave six feet under. It's so weird to think about. I know. I feel like it wasn't that long ago. Then again, I mean, I, was just I remember a child. growing up and going to the blockbuster. I mean, like, oh yeah. Hey, what are we gonna watch today? I mean, it was the big ass videotapes, right? Like, oh yeah, the the VHS things. Yeah, the VHSs yeah. and. um yeah, you'd like go around to the boxes. You'd be like, they don't have this one. Oh no, it's all gone. Everyone's rented them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and mm-hmm. now that just doesn't exist. Like if I want to get the thing and it's out, I just get it instantly. This is why we're all worse people because yeah. we all have instant gratification. Mm-hmm. No one has to deal with the fact. Like we've all stopped learning what disappointment feels like. Right? Yeah. If we stopped learning how to deal with disappointment, because right. now everything is instant gratification. And oh, yeah. It's bad. It's and bad. That yeah, my... is, I'm getting off the soapbox now. No, no, you're not wrong. I've, even me, as I've gotten older, my, I've learned that I used to be the most patient, chill, but now my patience is just nothing. I don't I know. Have it. It's so weird, right? I don't want to wait 30 seconds for an ad. I'm like, that's 30 seconds too Skip. long. I'm like, wait a minute. Okay. First of all, we produce a show that has ads. So like, I shut know, up. right? Yeah. But sure. Also... <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, no, I, I miss those days. You know, it was a big deal to go pick up a pizza and then go. We had <gasps> Hollywood video. Yeah. That was like our thing. Mm-hmm. And then you go and you get your pizza and then you get to walk around the store and look at all the boxes. And if the game or movie wasn't available, then you go to the front and ask if they had it. And sometimes they would. No, it was just such a simpler time. It's such a wholesome experience. It really was. It was, it just brings me the warm and fuzzies just to think about it. Sometimes you get like popcorn or like, you know, chocolate bars. Or they, oh, you just like argue with your family about which movie you want to watch. Be like, mm-hmm. do you want the comedy or do you want the other kind of action flick? And you're like, no, I want the comedy. No, I want the action. Yep. And like, yeah. And then you had to make sure you return that bitch on time. Otherwise oh. they charged you. <laughs> what? No, I, I, the last time I ever rented something actually was from Red box and it was probably five years ago and we jason and i rented a movie and then we've moved and then i found it maybe six months later oh my god and at that point you had just paid it right or you paid for it i i don't remember what we did i'm assuming i don't i think they stopped charging you at a certain point at least i hope so i I, I would hope for the cost of the item they would stop charging you i would hope at this point you paid 60 bucks like yeah i mean please don't charge me you don't you never make yeah stop leave me alone all right. Um, so that does it for this week's news. Again, a little reminder, we are recording on Tuesday. So there's a big fat chance, especially with the Game Awards happening on Thursday, that some things are going to happen, but we're not going to be able to talk about it. Yeah. Sorry. It just happens. But I'm extremely excited to talk about the game that I have been playing. I'm excited. I When I saw this on the sheet, I was like, oh, Andrea <laughs> is going to be so disappointed. She's not on the show this week. I know. So yeah, it's in our hands on. Well, do you want to talk about your your game that you, the game you've been playing oh, first? No, the game of life is all <laughs> I wrote in there because uh, yeah, the this event this past week definitely kicked my ass, um, and I am just a zombie. Uh, and I tried. I came home on Sunday, and I was like, I have no energy to play anything. And then yesterday, I was like, I have no energy to play anything. And mm-hmm. today. I don't have any energy to play. Yeah, I thought about firing a Pokemon. I brought my Switch with me. I don't know what I was thinking. It was so stupid. It's just a <laughs> like, tread. just like a ten pound thing in my bag. It's not really that heavy, but uh, <laughs> I was just like, oh yeah, maybe I'll have some time to play Pokemon. And then I was just on my feet all day every day. Mm-hmm. And uh, no, I had no time for the Pokemon. I wish but that you I tried. Summer, you I tried. An attempt was made to play Pokemon. And I just failed and, uh, but all I'm, I'm just waiting for work to like be over so that I can have my, you know, weeks mm-hmm. off and I can clean my house. First of all, mm-hmm. and then once my house is clean, that's when I get to like relax and play video games. Yeah. Until then, it's just a little too stressful, right? When there's so much chaos around you, it's like, I yeah, it's, relax. I hate it. There's nothing mm-hmm. I hate more than a, like a dirty or messy house. And mine is Probably the worst that has been all year. I mean, it doesn't look that bad. Well, you can't. I've hidden strategically things. Oh, oh. there's like <laughs> some shit on the floor over here. My bedroom is a disaster. There are clothes <laughs> all over the bed. Um, it's just it's it is the worst it's ever been. And Listen, I will fix it. But you are a busy you know. woman and you are taking care of business. So you go on with your bad self and don't feel bad about it. But no, it's that time of year where I think even everything going on with the studio, like Andrea hasn't been able to play much. Thankfully, I've been able to carve out some time. Um, and like I was saying earlier, this time of year, I like to play games that maybe I missed that I've been wanting to go back to. Or I like to cozy up with something story driven, you know, turn on the Christmas tree and the fireplace and just like snuggle and play. So I hopped back into Horizon Zero Dawn after 
not having touched it in several years. I don't even know when this game first came out. I'll have to Google it because I don't remember either. Yeah. It's, it's been, it's been a while. It was released in 2017. Okay. That sounds right. Cause I remember when we started shooting the What's Good Games podcast, that was the year, that's right. Cause that's the year Horizon came out and it was Andrea's, I think, game of the year and maybe yes. yours too. I think it, yeah, it was mine. And mine was Resident Evil 7. But I re- it's just so funny because I've been wanting to go back to this game because for some reason when I first started it, again, I know I made that silly too many trees statement. And I, I, and but- I was like, there are other areas. You just have to move forward and you'll go uh- to the other areas. <laughs> it's like a whole desert out there with no trees. Just oh, waiting for you to explore. It's full oh, of yeah. rocks and shit. Don't you want to go there? Oh, yay. At the time, though, it just wasn't wasn't speaking to me and I don't know what it was because I believe even I should go back and listen to what I said about it back then but even when I played it I remember thinking that the cutscenes and the characters and the acting and everything was just so good but as soon as I got released in that big world I was like okay I want to see and do what there is to do but my interest is waning this atmosphere I don't know it's not interesting to look at what you said you were like there's too many trees yeah there's No, that's what I'm getting at. I said, it's not interesting to look at. There must be too many fucking trees. And then that's like what I said. Um, so anywho, so it's been on the back of my mind and I'm sure, you know, there's a Horizon 2 coming out and PS5. So it's, it's a game that I think that I needed to go back to and play because, you know, it, it deserves that. So I've been playing and I am utterly completely addicted to this thing. Oh, good. Dude, I put in, I think, 40 hours over the Friday through Sunday. Nice. Cause, you know, I've been sick. So I've been sitting on my butt. I, I don't want to jump the gun, but I want to say this could end up being one of my favorite games that I've played, you know, not only this generation, but like this decade. It's so incredibly well done. And the trees have not been an issue for me at all. (laughs) I don't want no more trees (laughs) issue for this horizon. Zero Dawn is your God of war to me. Like where Mm -hmm. I was like these fucking wolves. I don't like this game that much. It's whatever. The game is fine. And now and then I was like, wait, no, this game's amazing. But sometimes, oh, man. you know, sometimes you need to let things develop a little bit, let them simmer a little bit, mm-hmm. marinate, if you will. And will. then you're like, oh, yeah, shit's tasty. Let's go. Oh, yeah. It's so tasty. And I just, I, I'm dreaming about it. I'm thinking about it. I'll wake up at four in the morning and I think I just want to play Horizon Zero Dawn. It's all I want to do with my, with my life. And I, it's so crazy, like you said, Simer, that I just, I simmered on it for so long, but now that I'm finally playing it, it's kind of sad to think that I've missed out on it for this long, but I am playing the complete edition. On you PS4 know, everyone Pro, takes their own time in yeah. life, right? Like everyone has their own timelines. You don't need to compare yourself to other people. <laughs> it's okay. You're enjoying it now and that's all that matters. There you go. Yeah. It's a prime example of revisiting a game that maybe didn't click with you the first time. It is possible. I'm finding myself collecting everything and anything that I can find because I just love exploring this world, trees or not. And it's so fascinating what Gorilla has created. And I love Aloy. I think she's just a fascinating character and I love everything about her. I love how confident she is, but also you can kind of tell she has like some social awkwardness about her. And you never quite know what's going to come out of her mouth. She has that witty, dry sense of humor that I love so much. And I am 69% complete with the yeah, game. Yeah, nice. Yeah, and I've been doing all of the side quests because, like I said, I just love exploring and wandering around. That the main missions that I'm supposed to be doing are, like, level, like, 13 or 14, and I'm level 39. 
(laughs) (laughs) Amazing. I I know how that goes. Oh, my gosh. And it's just so funny to me. It's so ironic because usually I'm not one that likes to collect things or do any of that. But I'm collecting every metal flower. I'm collecting all the little dolls. I'm getting all the artifacts. And I just – I don't even really care about the rewards because to me they're like they're not that great. But I just have to collect them anyway because I just love hearing what Aloy says. Like I love hearing her little remarks about everything. And so this is me, you know, saying like, okay, yeah, like I love Horizon Zero Dawn. And it's funny because I keep thinking about, you know, my game of the year. And obviously it's Resident Evil 2 and then there's some other ones. But if this game came out this year, this would absolutely be near the top of my list because it still holds up so incredibly well. And it's fucking beautiful. It is just gorgeous. And, and yeah. And the checkpointing in that game is brilliant. It's the oh. greatest checkpointing of any video game I've ever and played. And I, I keep thinking about that comment you made back then. I remember because your game crashed at a really pivotal moment, right? It crashed at the end boss. Oh, that's right. Um, it, it, uh, I got stuck in the world. Like I got stuck like, in a rock. <laughs> oh, I got stuck in a rock too when I jumped off of a long neck. Or yeah. is it tall neck or long neck? Long neck, I think, yeah. It's or maybe it's tall. I don't remember I don't either. Remember, but, yeah. Um, it's, and then I was like, oh my God, I have to reboot the game. I'm going to have to do this whole boss battle over again. But no, mm-hmm. I did not. Oh, I God. did not. It loaded me right where I needed to be. I was mm-hmm. like, praise be Gorilla Games. You are doing the Lord's work over there with your checkpointing. It's mm-hmm. on point, which, you know, you know, on checkpoint, uh, on checkpoint. The only amazing. Yeah. The only issue I've had with it has been the load screens are just kind of bad. They're real bad. I, um, sometimes they're not as you mean lengthwise, lengthwise. Yeah. yeah. Only when I'm fast traveling between areas and it's like, okay, I get it. That's a huge world. You know, the game is, you know, two years old two and a half years old at this point. I don't know what actual month they came out in, but February. Okay. February. Okay. It's almost three years old. Um, but I, whenever I fast travel somewhere, if I have to like pee or whatever, I'll be like, okay, I'll set my controller down. I'll get up. I'll like use the bathroom. I'll get a glass of water and I'll come back and it's still loading. Like, okay, whatever. The only good thing about that is this is making me think back to, Mm -hmm. uh, red dead two, where I was like, I wish I could just have it load and give it will give me the time mm. to go pee and to like have a drink of water. And so you have to sit there and ride your damn horse. From point I, didn't a to point my horse. I didn't but, really mind either, but there were times like where you're like, Oh, I actually want this break of like, you just, oh, yeah, yeah. just get me there while I go grab something really quick or mm, do something. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah. Um, there was, there, there was none of that. No, that's fair. But no, it's, it's just so freaking cool. And I'm just loving the story and I'm, excited to see where it goes and how things are explained because again I'm rubbing my beard again wondering like how does this make any sense i think i have an idea but i I'm actually gonna- think they explain it very well this was uh, one of the games where i the thing i the reason i was very happy with it was because this could have very easily been yet another quote-unquote video game bullshit ending Mm -hmm. but i actually was pretty satisfied with the way it all comes together did you do the frozen wilds dlc only a little bit of it because even though i was really high level it's hard like the the enemies are really way well i think also part of it is the fact that i hadn't played the game in about a year oh yeah so when you try and jump back into combat you're like oh crap i don't remember anything and then you're fighting enemies that are smarter than the last round that you just fought (laughs) so 
it's, it's, you're just at a mega disadvantage, even if you are very high level, which I was, I think I was like level 50 or something. Oh, um, hot damn. So, uh, I played it for a bit, still really loved it. I mean, the animations in the, in the snow are beautiful mm. and God, the, the crunch. Oh, it's such good crunch. Oh, God, it's so good. It's so good. So, cause I'm wondering, do I do the frozen wilds before I finish the story, the main story? Or do I hop back? I'd say I don't- give it a try because okay. um, I think you would you are going to be more prepared now than you ever will be. That's true. Uh, because otherwise, you're, like I said, it's going to be like me where you hop in and you can't remember how to do anything and you're trying to fight these things. <sighs> yeah. And speaking of the combat, I'm glad you brought that up. I think this is some of the most satisfying combat I've ever experienced in a game. It's just... I just can't stop gushing over a Steimer. It's just so much fun and it's so intense every time. I it's like I see a sawtooth and I look at that. And I'm like, I know I can take you, but I know you're gonna be a real pain in the ass. They've done such a great job at making each encounter feel like it's something and not like you're just a big even though I am way op- over you know, OP and it's never a, a quick walk in the park unless I'm, you know, stabbing a watcher or something with my Yeah, spirit. the watchers become you Very know, a, di- a dime a dozen. But yeah, yeah, a lot of the other ones still uh, give you pause to think about how you're going to engage with them mm-hmm. and be like, are there other ones around? Yeah. Because if there are, this fight could get bad really quick. <laughs> my favorite thing to do is just set trip wires all around me and like oh, this yeah. barrier and hide in the grass and whistle at all of them. And I, I thought of you because I have all of the resource pouch upgrades. And then I have the hoarder perk. I'm like, nice. Stammeru. Stammeru would not. And I'm still running out of inventory space because I don't know what I need to keep and what I need to get rid of. And I was like, Stammeru would appreciate this because it's very yes, typical you, for it. You are my little hoarder. I've gotten a lot better in my old age, Stammeru. I'll have you know. I don't that's, buy things anymore. That's good. Except Thanks. Resident Evil 3. Oh, uh, yeah. I'll, I'll buy that shit. I'll, I'll buy that. <laughs> if, if I have to like put that stuff in my bed for there to be room, I will do. I will sleep on the floor for that. Jill Valentine statue. You're like, but Jill, you go in the bed. It's okay. It's okay, baby girl. You get your rest. You do what you gotta do. You did, you did good, Jill. Jill. But anyway, yeah. So here I am two years later saying how much I love Horizon Zero Dawn and that there aren't too many trees. That, that was just a really silly thing I said. And at the time, I meant it. But now I'm playing and I'm like, huh, that hey, was a thing. Me. God of War, capital F, fine. Capital F, fine. Granted, this time where you were like very <laughs> sick. You had yeah. shit leaking out of your ear. You I were did. not in a good place. I was, I was very, very <laughs> ill. I was just, you know, I, I was young. I was young back then. Young and inexperienced in the way of. You were please. ill with the stupid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> before <laughs> ill with the stupid it's so true i was very ill with the stupid uh, is that a saying or is that something you just made i up? don't know it probably is a saying <laughs> it just felt like saying you it. were ill with an ear infection and i was ill with the stupid no that's good anyway uh yeah 11 horizons zero dawn i'm hoping to finish it up before i take off and speaking of that unless time where you have anything else to say I'm i got gonna- nothing you wrap, wrap this-, this up wrap this thing up uh i'm going to be taking off like we talked about at the top of the show on a thursday which means i will be gone all next week but the following week after next week is going to be our most anticipated games of 2020 episode because that's also going to be the holiday week for us at what's good games so we have that episode primed and ready for your listening and viewing pleasure so this is actually the last show I'm going to be recording until the end of December, which is kind of crazy to think about. Yeah. Crazy, crazy. 
But that will do it for this week's episode. Samar, I hope you have an amazing time at the Game Awards. I'm Thanks, Fred. We will miss you. Excited to see your outfit that you've told me about, which sounds incredible. I'm excited. Yeah. Thank you all for listening to the World School of Games podcast. And I will not see you next week, but Steinmer and Andrea will. I sure will. I'm watching you. I was going to say goodbye, and then I had to burp, and it got weird. So I will just say goodbye again. Goodbye.